Chapter 3 What is it? Daniel demanded. Tell me. Caroline raised her eyes. It's your hair, Danny. It's standing straight up. Huh? Standing up? Danielle dropped her duffel bag and lifted her hands to her head. She wore her brown hair in a blunt, chin-length cut. Fine and straight, it usually hung like a smooth helmet. But not now. Now, every strand stuck straight up, as if a powerful fan were blowing from beneath her. It felt different, too. Not fine and silky, but thick, rough and bristly. It, it must be the wind, Caroline stammered, still staring. Her own hair, long and blonde, lay motionless on her shoulders. There isn't any wind, Danielle cried. Frantically, she tugged at her hair, trying to make it lie flat again. It won't come down. This is so weird. Please, Danielle, calm down, Caroline insisted. It's kind of funny. I mean, it isn't a tragedy, you know. Come on, let's go inside. Funny, Danielle thought. No, it's not too funny. I feel too strange for it to be funny. Danielle groaned, a low, guttural noise that didn't even sound like her own voice. Come on, let's go into the hotel, Caroline urged. She handed Danielle her duffel bag and guitar. It's been a long drive. You'll feel better inside. The Midland Hotel wasn't exactly luxurious. A small lobby contained three chairs arranged around a low-chipped table, plastic plants, a worn rug. But it was clean and warm, Danielle thought gratefully as she followed Caroline inside. A ceiling fan spun lazily overhead. The warm draft stirred her hair and blew a strand across her cheek. She tucked the strand behind her ear and realized that her hair had fallen back to normal. The strange feeling of cold seemed to seep out of her skin. She wasn't shivering anymore. She took a deep breath and felt her muscles relax. It feels like a sauna in here, Dee complained, setting her bag down with a thump. I sure hope the rooms are air-conditioned or I'll never get any sleep. A drowsy, bald-headed clerk eyed her from behind the check-in desk. You want air conditioning? Go to the Hilton, he informed her dryly. You want cheap? You're in the right place. Dee frowned, but Caroline laughed. We're definitely in the right place, she told the clerk. Until we're famous, that is. You must be the band. The clerk frowned. Going to be famous, huh? Yes, we are, Mary Beth assured him seriously. Just keep reading the newspapers. How can he, Dee muttered. We don't have a name for him to watch for. Okay, everybody, listen up. Billy strode into the lobby, rubbing his hands together energetically. Kit and Joey went over to the club. Why don't you unpack, then come on over and check the place out? Good idea, Dee said. Maybe the club has air conditioning. Caroline exchanged a glance with Danielle. That's Dee. Gripe, 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 she whispered. Danielle grinned. At least she wasn't sharing a room with Dee, she thought. The way Dee feels about me, she'd probably be at my throat before the night's over. The room resembled the lobby. Small, faded, and cheap, but clean and warm. Hey, the mattress isn't lumpy, Caroline announced, flinging herself onto one of the twin beds. Remember that last place we stayed at? Danielle groaned as she set her guitar down. I felt as if I were lying on a bunch of golf balls. Caroline scooted off the bed and tossed her bag onto it. Let's hurry and go check out the Rocket Club. The two girls quickly unpacked their bags, then took the slow-motion elevator down to the lobby. Mary Beth and Dee waited for them impatiently. Caroline and Mary Beth hurried toward the door, but Dee hung back a second, grabbing Danielle by the arm. I have to talk to you, Dee whispered urgently. Danielle flinched as Dee's nails dug into her bare arm. Hey, you're hurting me, let go! But Dee's fingers tightened even harder. You'll be sorry, she whispered, bringing her face close to Danielle's. You'll be sorry.
Chapter 4 What do you mean? Danielle demanded. Dee's golden brown eyes narrowed to slits. She opened her mouth to reply, but Caroline's voice interrupted. Get a move on, guys, Caroline called over her shoulder. You coming? Danielle, Dee started. Give me a break, Dee, Danielle snapped. I don't know what your problem is, but I'm really sick of your attitude. She wrenched her arm loose and strode across the lobby. Unfortunately, she did know what Dee's problem was. Dee hated her. What was that about? Caroline asked as she pushed open the door. Dee's ego, Danielle replied. She still can't handle your being in the group? Danielle nodded. Danielle nodded. But I've decided to ignore her little outburst from now on. Let's forget about it, okay? As they crossed the street, Danielle began to shiver again. She picked up her pace, anxious to get inside. Billy was waiting for them inside the rocket club. This place is fantastic, he shouted over the blare of music from the jukebox. And it holds over a hundred people. Biggest club we've ever played. Dee grabbed his hand. Come on, let's dance. She pulled Billy into the middle of the crowded dance floor. Caroline and Mary Beth headed to the bar to get cokes. Danielle hung back, gazing around. The rocket was jammed with laughing, sweating, dancing bodies. Ribbons of green and purple neon lights staked across the ceiling and up and down the walls. Music thundered in her ears. Danielle skirted the crowd and found an empty table about the size of a quarter. She sat down on a wobbly chair and gazed at the low stage. Couples were dancing to see these tonight, but tomorrow we'll be up there, she thought. She smiled eagerly. Wow, I like that smile, a voice purred in her ear. Danielle jumped. Joey leaned over. His long, curly black hair brushed her cheek. Joey, she edged away. Sneak up on me, why don't you? He chuckled and sat astride the other chair. How come you never smile like that for me, he asked. Danielle wasn't in the mood to flirt, not with Joey anyway. You drive too fast, she told him. You deliberately try to scare me. I know you do. Joey stuck his dark glasses on top of his head and peered at her with his gray eyes. How about if I slow down, he offered. Danielle shook her head. Oh, give me a break. Joey shifted his chair closer. Let's dance, okay? I'm not a bad guy, really. Thanks, but I don't think so, Joey. I'm kind of tired from the drive. You didn't look tired a minute ago, Joey commented. His arm snaked around the back of her chair. His fingertips brushed her bare shoulder. I was thinking about tomorrow, Danielle explained. You know, playing in front of a crowd like this. Joey kept rubbing her shoulder. How about playing for an audience of one, he suggested softly. We could go to my room. You could sing for me. Annoyed, Danielle shrugged his hand off her shoulder. Give it up, Joey. Okay? She faked a yawn. I think I'll go back to the hotel and get to sleep. Danielle scooted her chair back and stood up. Joey grabbed her arm. You know what I think? He asked. I think you're scared. He grinned and wiggled his eyebrows. Nothing to be scared of, Danny. I don't bite. Come on, take a chance. I'm not scared, Joey, Danielle replied sharply, but I'm starting to get really angry. Billy suddenly appeared across the table. Something wrong, he demanded. Joey quickly let go of Danielle's arm. Nothing's wrong, he told Billy. Everything's cool. Good. Billy jerked his thumb over his shoulder. Kit needs some help backstage, he informed Joey. Something about the wiring. Joey nodded unhappily. Right. He pointed a finger at Danielle. Save a dance for me, okay? When you're not so tired. Danielle let out a sigh of relief as Joey left. He comes on kind of strong, doesn't he? Billy remarked, taking Joey's chair. Strong isn't a word, Danielle replied, shaking her head. He comes on like an animal. Yeah, I guess, Billy agreed. I'll talk to him about it. 
No, don't, Danielle told him. I can handle Joey. But could she handle D? Danielle wondered. Billy frowned. If he bothers you again, let me know. Joey knows not to mess with me. No one would ever mess with you, Billy, Danielle teased. Enough about Joey, Billy replied, tapping the tabletop. What do you think of the club? It's great, Danielle exclaimed. Before Joey came over, I was imagining standing on the stage in front of a crowd like this. Nervous, Billy asked. His dimple flashed in his cheek. Always, she confessed. I try not to be, but I can't help it. It doesn't show, he assured her, leaning close to make himself heard over the music. You've got great energy on the stage, and you're a terrific singer. The band's lucky to have you. Thanks, but I'm the lucky one, Danielle said. I never thought I'd get a chance like this. She gazed around the crowded room, smiling. Then she saw Dee. Even from across the room, Danielle could see the angry glitter in Dee's eyes. Dee's glance shifted to Billy, then back to Danielle. Oh, great, Danielle thought. Does Dee have something going with Billy? Hey, guys. A voice interrupted Danielle's thoughts. She glanced up and into the pale blue eyes of Kit Kraken, the band's equipment manager. Kit was definitely one of the best-looking guys around, Danielle thought, smiling at him. Tall, with high cheekbones and a strong jaw, dark, dark hair, and his ice-blue eyes ringed with long black lashes. Hey, Kit, Billy said. Got the amps up. Kit nodded. I was worried about power for the bass amp. That sucker takes a lot of juice. Would have checked out okay. Now I can relax. Going back to the hotel, Billy asked. I could use a walk in some air first. Kit turned to Danielle. I noticed a little park when we were driving in. It's about two blocks away. Feel like taking a walk with me. Danielle was surprised. Kit hadn't paid much attention to her. He was nice, but kind of distant. How about it? Kit asked. Danielle felt herself nodding. She couldn't have said no if she'd wanted to. A walk sounds great, she answered, especially after riding in a van for so long. Kit smiled as Danielle stood up. No wonder all the fans scream when they see him, she thought. Whatever Kit's magic is, it's working on me, too. She glanced at Billy and caught a surprised look on his face. He must think I'm acting like a groupie, she thought, secretly pleased. See you back at the hotel, Kit told Billy. He took Danielle's hand and guided her through the maze of dancers. As they neared the door, Danielle spotted Dee. Dee had her eyes on Kit, an intense expression on her face. It's not Billy she wants, Danielle suddenly realized. It's Kit. Dee's jealous of my singing. Now she's going to be jealous about Kit. Dee's gaze followed Kit all the way to the door but he didn't seem to notice. Outside, Kit kept hold of Danielle's hand. His grip was firm and warm, but Danielle shivered. Cold? Kit asked, turning to her. A little, Danielle glanced up. No more clouds to block the moon. Kit released her hand and slipped his arm around her shoulder. Should we get you a sweater or something? It's not the wind, Danielle thought. There isn't any wind. It's me. When they reached the park, Kit led her to a stone bench. It was surrounded by trees. Silvery moonlight filtered through the leaves. It's pretty here, Danielle commented, trying to sound enthusiastic. Quiet, too, Kit snickered. Maybe I'm in the wrong business. The noise really gets to me sometimes. Danielle forced a smile. What is going on, she asked herself. Here I am alone with Kit. I should be really excited. Instead, she felt cold, cold and strange. She raised a hand to her hair. She could feel it bristling again, but Kit wasn't looking at her. His blue eyes were fastened on Danielle's. They glowed with intensity. I've been wanting to be alone with you for a long time, Danielle, he whispered. He smiled and leaned forward. All Danielle could see was a light in his eyes. Kit leaned even closer and kissed her. Danielle kissed him back. 
You've stopped shivering, she thought to herself. You're warm again. She felt the blood rushing through her veins and kissed him harder. Harder. He seemed a little surprised, but pressed his lips against hers. Danielle shut her eyes and kissed him harder. Kit screamed as Danielle bit down hard on his lip. Chapter 5 Gasping, Kit leaped up from the bench. He uttered a groan and gently pressed a hand against his lips. What have I done? Danielle wondered, suddenly trembling all over. Why did I do that? She gazed up in horror. Blood trickled from Kit's lips between his fingers. The blood shone black in the moonlight. Danielle, Kit whispered hoarsely. His expression revealed his confusion. Why? I'm sorry, Danielle choked out. She jumped to her feet, her heart pounding. I don't know what happened. I'm sorry. Kit held out his hand, but Danielle pushed past it. Then, almost without realizing it, she started to run. Run through the cold silver moonlight toward the hotel. She swallowed hard, once, twice. She could taste Kit's blood in her mouth. Why did I do that? she asked herself again. Why did I bite him so hard? Why? Why? A frightening thought made her shudder. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed biting his lip as hard as I could. The hotel clerk glanced up as Danielle raced breathlessly into the lobby. She turned her face away and hurried to the elevator. She punched the button, then wiped her blood with the back of her hand. A smear of Kit's blood came off on her hand. She shuddered again. By the time she burst into her room, hot tears ran down her cheeks. Danielle? Caroline cried, turning from the closet. What happened? I can't tell her, Danielle thought. How can I tell her I tasted Kit's blood and enjoyed it? Caroline belted her blue terry cloth robe around her slim figure and crossed the room to Danielle. What happened? she repeated, placing a hand on Danielle's arm. You're so cold, Danny. And are you, are you crying? Danielle swallowed. I have to see Dr. Moore, she managed to say. Caroline, something's wrong with me. Concern filled Caroline's blue eyes. Did you have another fantasy? Sort of. Danielle couldn't make herself tell the real story. Violent? Yes, Danielle cried. Worse than ever. Caroline, I have to see Dr. Moore tomorrow. He's the only one who can help me. Then you'll see him, Caroline assured her. We'll talk to Billy about getting you a ride. Don't worry. Billy will be cool about it. But our rehearsals, Danielle protested. We don't go on until eight at night, Caroline reminded her. There'll be plenty of time for you to drive to Shadyside and back. Danielle hoped Caroline was right about Billy letting her go. She had to see Dr. Moore. You're shaking, Caroline commented. Listen, I was about to take a shower, but you can take one first. It'll warm you up. In a tiny shower stall, Danielle turned the water up as hot as she could bear it. The almost scolding spray warmed her skin, but the memory of her kiss in the park still chilled her. Would something else happen before Dr. Moore could help her? Something worse? Out of the shower, she wrapped up in her long yellow robe. In the mirror, her dark eyes were enormous, her face pale. Her hands were still shaking as she pulled a comb through her hair. After Caroline disappeared into the steamy bathroom, Danielle began to pace the bedroom. She couldn't calm down. She couldn't stop her heart from pounding. Then she spotted her guitar case. Maybe music will help, she thought. She pulled the guitar out and sat on the end of the bed. Out the window she could see the moon, a circle of ice in the sky. Her fingers strummed the strings. The guitar wasn't hooked up to an amplifier, so the sound was muted, but it didn't matter. She could hear the notes clearly in her head, and that was all she needed. She kept strumming, no tune at first, just a few soft chords. But as she gazed at the moon, she heard a melody in her mind, a melody and lyrics. With no hesitation, no searching for the right note, she played and sang her new composition. Bad moonlight falling over me, 
Bad moonlight shining down on me. Bad moonlight makes me feel so strange and new. Bad moonlight falling over me. Bad moonlight shining down on me. Bad moonlight. I want to die for you. How totally weird, Danielle thought as she finished. I'd never written anything so easily. It was like magic. Danielle? That song? It's awesome! Caroline exclaimed from the bathroom doorway. When did you write it? Just now, Danielle told her. It sort of came to me, all at once. I didn't even have to work on it. Do you really like it? Like it? I love it! It's absolutely the best song you've ever written, Caroline grinned. Bad Moonlight. Sounds really wicked. Wicked, Danielle thought. Exactly. In a flash, she realized that it was the moon that had been making her feel so strange, so cold. But why? What was so bad about the moonlight? I'm going to call the others in here so they can hear it. Caroline pulled a damp towel from her head and grabbed a telephone. A few minutes later, the rest of the group crowded into the room. Dee wore her robe, but the rest of them were dressed. Joey's clothes were rumpled, as if he'd fallen asleep in them. This had better be good, Joey said with a yawn. I was having a great dream when you called. In the dream, these two girls. Joey, no one cares, Billy cut him off. Wait till you hear it, Caroline declared. Go ahead, Danielle, play it. Danielle strummed an opening chord, then launched into the song. When she finished, no one moved or said anything. Then Billy started clapping his hands, and everyone joined in. Joey whistled and stomped his feet. Mary Beth's green eyes glowed with excitement. Only Dee refused to join in the applause. Kit squeezed Danielle's shoulder. It's a killer, he told her. A killer. Thanks, Kit, Danielle murmured uncomfortably. She glanced up and saw the dark bruise on his lip. Feeling embarrassed and guilty, she turned away. Dee was staring at Kit. How'd you cut your mouth? she asked him. Have you been opening beer bottles with your teeth again? My razor slipped, he replied casually, not glancing at Danielle. Dee squinted at him. You shave at night? Didn't get a chance this morning, Kit replied. He rubbed his lip tenderly. Dee shook her head suspiciously. Oh, wow, Danielle thought unhappily. Dee is crazy about Kit. Now she has another reason to hate me. Just call me a klutz, Kit said, sighing. Well, just call us Bad Moonlight, Caroline exclaimed. It's the perfect name for her band, Bad Moonlight. What do you think? Sounds kind of evil. Mary Beth raised an eyebrow and smiled. I love it. What about you, Dee? Caroline asked. Dee shrugged. Like anyone cares what I think, she replied with a scowl. Hey, this is excellent. We have a name, Billy exclaimed. Now I can tell the club manager how to introduce you. And speaking of the club, he added, we've got rehearsal at 8.30. That's a.m., not p.m. Everybody better get some sleep. The group made their way out, and Caroline followed them. I'll talk to Billy about getting you a ride to Shadyside tomorrow, she called to Danielle. Alone in the room, Danielle put her guitar away. She felt edgy, tense. She climbed into bed and closed her eyes. Immediately, she saw Kit standing in front of her, his lip bleeding, the blood black in the moonlight. Think about something else, Danielle scolded herself. Anything else. She turned onto her side, bunching the pillow under her head. She thought about her new song, Bad Moonlight. Strange. She'd never written anything like it. Was it really a killer song, as Billy had said? Did they all really think it was as good as they said? Thinking about how easy it was to write the song, she drifted to sleep. An animal wail shattered the silence. Danielle's eyes snapped open. Did she dream it? She waited, alert, listening. Oh. Danielle realized it hadn't been a dream. She held her breath as another frightening howl rose up outside her window. What's out there? she cried aloud. 
What's making that hideous sound? Chapter 6 Silence. Then another high-pitched howl. Caroline, Danielle whispered, do you hear that? No answer from the other bed. Danielle fumbled for her clock on the bedside table. Midnight. She'd been asleep for only twenty minutes. Is Caroline still talking to Billy about my ride? Danielle wondered. Another howl, mournful this time. The howl of a wild animal. So close. So very close. Joey flashed into her mind. Joey was always tossing back his head and howling like a wild wolf. Danielle crossed the room in the dark. Reluctantly, she pulled up the blind and peered out the window. Cold, bright moonlight poured over the buildings and the street. Danielle's scalp prickled. To her surprise, she felt a sudden urge to run outside, to join in the howling. No, she scolded herself. What are you thinking of? She pulled the shade down, covering the window. Back in bed, she curled up and tried to ignore the howls. Another sound made her sit up, a soft, urgent rap on the door. Danielle, Dee's voice, calling in a hoarse whisper. Danielle, I have to talk to you, now. Danielle held her breath and settled back down. No way, she thought angrily. No way I'm letting Dee in. Why should I talk to Dee, Danielle asked herself. So Dee can tell me about how she hates me for joining the band and being the lead singer? Danielle already knew Dee was her enemy. She didn't have to hear Dee spell it out. Danielle, Dee whispered again. I know you're in there. Her knuckles rapped on the door. Open up, Danielle. Now. Go away, Danielle silently begged. Just go away. After a few more raps, Dee gave up. Silence in the hall. Outside, another frightening howl cut through the still summer air. Danielle tightened her grip on the steering wheel of the borrowed car and peered anxiously at the road sign up ahead. Forty more miles of shady side. In less than an hour, she'd have a talk with Dr. Moore. Caroline was right. Billy had been cool about letting her take off after rehearsal. He knew one of the waiters at the club and talked him into letting Danielle borrow his car. Danielle shook her head. Billy was probably glad to get rid of her. She'd been rotten at rehearsal. Her timing stank and her voice sounded puny. Her fingers felt clumsy as sausages on the guitar strings. Hey, don't think about it, Billy told her during a break. A bad run-through means a good show. Well, in this case it means a great show, Danielle choked. This run-through is really the pits. Of course, Dee had given Danielle a hard time. What's your problem? Dee demanded. Wild night? No, I crashed early, Danielle told her. She didn't want Dee to know she'd heard her knocking, and she decided not to mention the howls. No one else in the group had mentioned hearing them. They all looked wide awake and rested. It's just nerves. I'll be fine tonight. Dee glared at her, but kept quiet. You'll be better than fine, Kit told Danielle, as he untangled the cord on the guitar amp. Your new song's going to kill everyone. Danielle felt her face flush. How could Kit be so friendly after what she'd done to him? She wished she could go back in time and erase it. She felt a powerful attraction to Kit, but even though he still smiled at her a lot, he probably never wanted to be alone with her again. Sighing, Danielle steered the car around a curve on the road. Forget about Kit for now, she told herself. Get to Dr. Moore. Get help. Half an hour later, Danielle joined the stream of cars on Division Street in Shadyside. She passed rows of stores and three-story office buildings, then turned onto Park Drive and drove into North Hills. She wished she could visit her brother and her aunt, but there wasn't time. Once she saw Dr. Moore, she had to drive straight back to Midland. Dr. Moore's office was in his house a huge gray Victorian near the river. 
Danielle pulled the car to a stop under the side portico and ran up the steps to the door. A bell announced her entrance. The receptionist wasn't at her desk. Danielle flopped down in one of the soft beige chairs and picked up a magazine. Almost immediately, she tossed the magazine aside and jumped up. She was too nervous to sit. Something's happening to me, she thought. Something bad. I have to find out. And why? Danielle? A smooth, deep voice broke into her thoughts. Dr. Moore! Danielle stopped pacing and spun around. The doctor stood in the door of his office, a tall bear of a man with a fringe of graying hair around his head, bright blue eyes beneath bushy gray brows. His clothes were always slightly rumpled. His glasses were always smudged. I tried the call, but the line was busy, Danielle explained. I know you've got other patients, but you have to squeeze me in. She tried not to sound desperate, but her voice came out shrill and breathless. Dr. Moore waved her toward his office. Another patient canceled. Come on in, Danielle. The tall French windows of the large room faced the backyard. A small swimming pool filled the center of the yard. A line of trees separated the pool from the river. Bookcases lined two of the office walls. Colorful posters of flowers hung on the others. Two deep, soft armchairs faced the desk. Dr. Moore motioned Danielle into one of the chairs, then sat on the edge of his desk. What happened? he asked. Barely pausing for breath, Danielle told him about the violent fantasy she experienced in the van, the strange song she wrote about the moonlight, and the frightening scene in the park with Kit. That wasn't a fantasy, she cried. I actually bit him. I drew blood. Are you attracted to Kit? Dr. Moore asked. Yes, but the doctor held up his hand. And is he attracted to you? I think so. At least he was, Danielle replied. Dr. Moore smiled. Two young people kissing in the moonlight. Teeth sometimes get in the way, you know. Perhaps Kit turned his head slightly? Danielle felt a surge of hope. It's highly unlikely that you acted violently, Dr. Moore assured her. Maybe you're right, Danielle agreed, but what about these terrible fantasies I have? They're so violent. Yes, let's think about them, Dr. Moore suggested, ready to clear your mind. Danielle nodded and closed her eyes. The doctor started to hypnotize her. He'd done it many times. I want you to start counting backward from 100, Dr. Moore whispered. Shut everything out of your mind as you count. You will feel yourself relax with each number. Obediently, Danielle began to count. 100, 99, 98. You're feeling much more relaxed now, the doctor said, his voice almost a whisper. Your breathing is deep and steady. As Danielle kept counting, she felt herself sink into the soft cushion. Her hands rested lightly on the chair arms. Are you comfortable, Danielle? The doctor asked. Is your mind clear? Yes, she murmured. Good. Now. Let the thoughts flow, he directed, and tell me what is happening. Danielle took a long, slow breath. The moon, she groaned. The moon is full. It's shining down on me. How does it feel? Cold. Icy. Danielle started breathing faster. I'm running across the field, running free, running away from everyone. Why are you running? Dr. Moore asked. It feels good to run free, Danielle replied. But her leg muscles tensed. Her heart began to pound. But now I'm being chased. Someone is chasing me. How does that make you feel? He asked quietly. Angry. Furious. Danielle panted. I feel such rage. I turned to fight. Now I'm fighting. Fighting with someone. She ground her teeth together. I'm fighting hard. I'm in a total rage. There's a lot of blood. I keep fighting and... Dr. Moore snapped his fingers. Once. Twice. Danielle opened her eyes. Saw the bookcases on the walls. 
the sun outside the window, Dr. Moore gazing at her. That was so gross, Danielle gasped. See what I mean? These fantasies are getting so strange, so awful. There's still a lot of anger inside you, the doctor commented, and who can blame you? Your parents died unexpectedly. You're angry about it, at them, at the world. Danielle nodded. She struggled to slow her breathing. Don't be frightened of your fantasies. It's good to let your feelings out, Danielle, Dr. Moore told her. The more you do, the less angry you'll feel. Was he right, Danielle wondered. Were her violent fantasies harmless? Were they actually helpful? Danielle still felt shaken, but Dr. Moore had moved to the door. Time for her to go. She gripped the arms of the chair to push herself up and glanced down in shock. The pale brown fabric of the chair arms lay torn and shredded. Danielle raised her hands and stared at them in horror. Scraps of the fabric were embedded under her fingernails. She had clawed the chair to ribbons.